Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Where do we start today? The White House not going to negotiate with these evil people that are evil. And you know who you are, people. Republicans. The White House says its position has not changed. It will not negotiate on the debt ceiling. Downward dog. Principal Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton on Air Force One Thursday. Congress should act without delay. I love that uh, and- Again, raise the debt ceiling without uh, conditions. Dalton said Americans have every right to expect that Congress will come together, as it has done dozens of times before in bipartisan fashion, to raise the debt ceiling. To make sure that we keep the the economy on a uh, stable path. I love that. Without delay. Do what we say without delay. No negotiations. Do it. Or else. Or else what? Or else we'll default. We're not really going to default. So this is what negotiations look like. Yeah, but you guys don't even understand. No, 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 no. This is how negotiations work. So negotiations work like this. Uh, We have to absolutely raise the debt ceiling. Sounds horrible. But you absolutely have to negotiate with us. How's that? And you have to give on things. Because we're spending way too much money. I mean, in people, we, you know, the Republicans, you're as guilty as this. Is anybody else? This didn't just happen on the Democrats' watch. This has been happening across all forms of government. Republican president, Democratic, you know, Congress and Senate, uh, Democratic president, Republican Congress. This has been happening for a while. Enough. Enough. Eventually, we're going to run out of money. And defaulting hurts us. Period. For all the lunacy and the, and, the, and, the, and the want to be a celebrity, the Matt Gaetzes of the world and several other of these people, not everything they say is BS. So it's time to get serious about this stuff. If, for instance, you couldn't pay your household bills, what would you do? You'd have to take money from somewhere, maybe a a college fund or emergency savings to pay the rent or keep the lights on, literally. Uh, You know, on on a much larger scale, that's what the government has to do right now. But here's the difference. When you're in that position... A, you have a finite amount you can draw from, right? So you, you, you max out your credit card. You then have borrowed all the money you can from your house. You then have maxed out uh, you know, every possible conceivable, uh, conceivable avenue outside of crime from drawing down your 401k to, to taking all your kids' you know, college fund. Eventually, it's over. There's nowhere else to go. So you do two things. You say we've got to make some lifestyle choices here that are going to, uh, we're going to have to uh, tighten the belt a little bit here, right? We're going to have to make some lifestyle choices. Dave Ramsey would tell you that, right? So you've gone through your emergency fund, your rainy day fund, you've gone through your emergency fund. Yes. 
So we're going to have to return some of the stuff. We're going to have to uh, maybe take a second job. These are the things that the average person would have to go through. Government, we're getting to that point where we're going to exhaust the rainy day fund, the 401k, the, the, the second on the house, uh, the, you, know, you could just, you know, we, the kids aren't going to college, you know, I mean, we, we're going to exhaust all those. So now is the time to negotiate and figure out. Beauty of our country is when foreign countries and entities buy our stuff, our bonds, our essentially lend us money, they know 100% this is America. This is the dollar. This is back. This is as, as this FICO score, if you will, is pristine. Nobody else has this FICO score. So we have to make serious decisions. So saying you're not going to negotiate is as stupid as saying, well, I'm not going to, to, to then go in and, and pass anything, Bill, to raise the debt limit. That is not life in a real world so it's time to make decisions and here's the thing and we saw this with two senators two senators okay george manchin george Man- there he is out there doing his thing and on the other side you had kirsten cinema right now she's an independent both of them were democrats but what didn't they do they didn't get on board with killing the filibuster, and they were able to hold up so much in Washington. To think that this group of, of Congress people can hold up uh, anything from getting done, and you're like, that can't be. No, no, no. No, it can't happen. It can happen. So it's time to get serious and come together and go, all right, what do we have to cut? What do we have to do? Where's the desperation? signal where it's like you know what maybe there's some actual there there how much longer do we have there's a lot at stake and we're going to hear a lot about this term the x date basically what that means is that's this date where the u.s could risk defaulting on its debt it's never happened before and it's a little bit of a wild card because there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in this situation people who look at this economist i've been talking to say there's really no guarantee on what that x date is going to be so we don't even know that. We know we ran out of money in theory yesterday, but they can play around with stuff and they, uh, you know, can push it out. Uh-huh. Treasury is going to suspend new investments in two government retiree funds for pensions and health care. They're also going to suspend investments in something called the Government Securities Investment Fund. That's part of a savings plan for federal workers. I do want to note those retirement investments will be restored once the debt ceiling is raised. So... You're really not fixing it. You're just saying, okay, well, we're not going to put money in it now, but eventually we're going to put the money in there as soon as everything gets, you know, we, we raise the limit. We're just going to throw that money in there. So, so that's, not, that's not a fix. You're, you're buying time. But when do we actually get serious and we should get serious and it's not fun it's not exciting to talk about it's dead it's not exact it's not but we're that we're the, we're those group of people that are living off credit cards and yeah we got a great job and life is pretty good 
and we're thinking about buying another home and we're thinking about doing all these things. And, and, and at the same time, it's like we've passed our, our, our spending limit a long time ago. But things are still pretty good. And our stocks are doing okay. And, but at some point, we have to get serious. And if we didn't? The Treasury Secretary is warning of dire consequences if Congress does not act in the coming months, saying that Social Security checks could be cut for seniors, troops could go unpaid, interest rates could spike raising mortgage, car, and credit card payments. The U.S. has never defaulted on its debt, but time is running out, and neither side is giving in. No. But these are things that are serious, and we have to take them seriously, because for the first time in a long time, there are some people that can make this far more uncomfortable than we've seen in the past. Will it happen? I don't know. What kind of negotiator is Kevin McCarthy? Not just with the Democrats, but actually with his his own party because he gave so much away to a lot of the ones who are going to hold his feet to the fire on this. So what does that look like? And yes, don't think that this is all about we're doing the best for the country. So many of these people are stoked because they're going to get so many people cheering them on and more Twitter followers and raise more money and do those kind of things because that's also part of being a celebrity. But within that, there are real serious conversations we need to have on how do we fix entitlement programs that eat a vast majority of our our, our budget and, and so much of that is actually wasted how do we spend it better not by not cutting services but actually spend it better oh chad that's crazy just throwing stuff out there people three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at chad benson show it's your twitter your instagram all of the other things that are available to us kids all right guys coming up we're going to talk to our buddy Mike Lyons, a lot of craziness going on in the world, including the insanity of what is happening in the Ukraine and now the fight between us and the allies. And why don't you send something? Why don't we send something? And what's the likelihood that, you know, should Russia win, that we may be in a more dire situation nuclear than we are at this moment in time or if they lose? Talk about that. And Alec Baldwin. He's guilty of something, but is he guilty of this? We'll talk about that as well. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show, your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. 55% off site-wide right now. Talking about Omaha Steaks. We will be barbecuing this weekend. Oh, yes, indeedy we will. And we're, we've got steaks. We've got burgers. We've got our hot dogs. We've got chicken breasts. We went through all the chicken breasts this week because my wife made this amazing chicken pot pie. It was incredible. It is awesome. Naturally aged for the ultimate tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. It is Omaha Steaks. Now, you go to omahasteaks.com. It's 55% off site-wide. They got surf and turf. They got everything you could dream of. They got comfort food, desserts. Here's first. 100% money-back guarantee. Right. Since 1970, 1917. Think about that. Well over 100 years. They have been the leader of gourmet steaks and food. So why not stock up on your freezer, save big. And when you check out, use code Benson, save an extra 30 bucks. Five generations of family owned enterprises, uncompromising quality taste. You cannot believe I swear by it. And my tummy does as well. So no one comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness and value of Omaha Steaks. Start saving by going to omahasteaks.com. 55% 55% off right now, site-wide, plus use promo code Benson at checkout. $30 off your order as well. OmahaSteaks.com, promo code Benson, 
OmahaSteaks.com. Promo code Benson. Minimum order may be required. Chad Benson Show. Me too. Hashtag immigration reforms. Hashtag help. I'm trapped in a hashtag factory and I can't get out. The Chad Benson Show. How did you come to this prosecutive decision? Well, along with my special prosecutor, uh, we got the report from the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office. We initiated an extensive review of that, and I will say that it was a it was a well investigated case. Uh, but we had some follow up that we had to do. Had to speak with some experts, and once we read through everything and, and researched the case law and the law here in New Mexico, we realized that we believe that there was probable cause to charge uh, Alec Baldwin and Hannah Gutierrez-Reed with involuntary manslaughter. Wow, look at that. God, she sounds very excited and nervous. That is the uh, Santa Fe DA Mary uh, Carmack. Very excited about uh, the, the going after Baldwin. They're going to get him. Now, Baldwin is guilty of being a blowhard and a douchebag. Is he guilty of this? Uh, does he deserve to go to jail? There's not a person on that set that wouldn't, if given the chance, go back and trade that day in a heartbeat. But if anybody's guilty, it's the armorer, the person who is the uh, who's supposed to be handling all of the guns. Making sure that there's nothing in there that's live. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that person? Absolutely. One of the things, that he, and yes, there were issues about safety standards even prior to the shooting. People were worried that there's no doubt about that. There was such a lack of safety and safety standards on that set. There were live rounds on set. They were mixed in with regular dummy rounds. Nobody was checking those, or at least they weren't checking them consistently. And then they somehow got loaded into a gun, handed off to Alec Baldwin. He didn't check it. He didn't do any of the things that he was supposed to do to make sure that he was safe or that anyone around him was safe. And then he pointed the gun at Helena Hutchins and he pulled the trigger. Now, the safety issues, absolutely. Uh, an issue because they were saying that was this a second or third person that was working you know uh, as the armorer uh and it sat by the sounds of it it was like she was kind of awarded the job because she was like the third in line for it and everybody else had kind of left and they talked about they uh, they had people had raised some issues about safety before near the producer he was, you know, he remember, let's go back to all the, you know, by the way, all of his interviews are going to be played a thousand times. But remember this? In an interview with George Stephanopoulos months after the shooting, Baldwin was adamant he did not pull the trigger. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. But an FBI report from August concluded the gun functioned normally on set and when fully cocked could not be made to fire without a pull of the trigger. Yeah, yeah. You did pull the trigger. Uh, and, uh, you know, were you screwing around? It's possible. Were you, uh, were you practicing something for maybe something later? It's possible. Uh, as I was telling somebody yesterday... You, you you can't give grown men cowboy outfits <laughs> guns in a cowboy setting and not expect them to pretend to be cowboys. 
You just can't. And I know he didn't check the gun. Would he have known what he was looking for? He feels to me the kind of guy that looks down the barrel of a gun to see if the gun is loaded guy. What could happen to him? One where there's basically just negligence on his part. That involuntary manslaughter charge is one where Baldwin could face up to 18 months in Mm -hmm. prison. But there's a more significant involuntary manslaughter charge that they've also said they're going to move forward with. They basically thrown in what's called a firearm enhancement. And for that one, you've got the possibility of a mandatory five year sentence. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that. I would be surprised if he did any time. But it's going to be interesting to see. It is. is. It's just can't give a bunch of guys cowboy outfits and not walk around and think they're doing cowboy stuff. Sorry. It's a gunfighter movie. (laughs) I'm the gunfighter. And you handed me stuff. I'm going to be twirling this thing all day. That's not very responsible. Then don't give it to me. (laughs) 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter. Tweet at us. Ukraine. Mike Lyons, our military analyst. Tired major. And the Army's going to join us straight ahead to talk about what's going on over there. And uh, is it time we get serious about what we're giving them? Straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is not a moment to slow down. It's a time to dig deeper. The Ukrainian people are watching us. The Kremlin is watching us. And history is watching us. Yeah, they are. Lord Austin right there talking about uh, whether or not we should slow down. Should we jump more into it? What can we do? Joining us now is the man who's been with us uh, pre this insanity in the Ukraine, uh, retired uh, major in the Army, and, of course, our military analyst, Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, again... There's so many things. I saw op-eds and everything from Vanity Fair to the Wall Street Journal to the New York Times that this might be the time that we kind of push our chips in and our allies do the same because uh, there there's a fear that if we don't, uh, we may let this get away from us, that there's this could get uglier on the other side, and that may include dragging us in further afterwards. Well, Chad, I think the Pentagon is still resisting that. I think that the the Pentagon is still not assured that the Russian conventional forces, for example, are defeated enough that sending the offensive weapons in, because that's really what this means, sending offensive weapons in would actually make a difference. You know, I heard that comment there by Lloyd Austin, but if you look at his Twitter feed, his Twitter feed says, uh, we're proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with our partners to support Ukraine's self-defense. And, and that's the kind of equipment we've been sending right now. So- while we say kind of one thing, we still are doing all we can to, for Ukraine to defend themselves. Um, but if you tip the balance over to the offensive weapons, if you send in the tanks, if you send in uh, aircraft, uh, more Patriot batteries, uh, long-range weapon systems, 
then that's going to really escalate things on the other side. And I don't think the Pentagon thinks that the Russian army is destroyed just enough yet. You know, why is it that, uh, and I get it, the nuclear weapon side of it, and we're, you know, I mean, there's argument being made now by several that, hey, if he takes over Ukraine, the, the chances of us going potentially and having a nuclear conflict is greater than if he loses. And it, again, the offensive weapon side of it is what you're talking about. They're defending themselves. Are we hoping still that they're going to punch themselves out? Are we thinking that's the, the end goal in this? Yeah, we, we're thinking that that uh, Russia will exhaust itself, and the fact that that they recognize that they can't gain any more ground than they've already gained. If they wanted to declare victory right now, it actually would be pretty good. They've got about twenty percent of what was formerly Ukraine. They still have Crimea. Now they've flattened a lot of the areas, and it's going to take generations likely to build up some of the spots. Um, but but they have um, some some pretty good gains that that from but from their perspective it's not enough and they want more and from Ukraine's perspective they want that back but they don't have the means to do it either so the question is does Russia become exhausted and I don't know you go back about a thousand years in history they just don't that's not in their DNA to get exhausted their DNA is to just keep finding stuff behind the Ural Mountains and keep bringing it forward for stuff that was manufactured who, who knows 40 50 60 years ago. Talking to Mike Lyons, the uh, military analyst, been with us uh, really since day one of this thing, long even before that, as they were starting to build up. You know, Mike, you talk about the offensive side of stuff. They, you know, the debate between, okay, you know, first of all, we've got the useless Germans who are promising but never deliver. Uh, The Poles have done a lot of stuff. We've done stuff. Now everybody wants tanks. And that, and that, that, that Abrams tank is what a lot of people want. And we're very reluctant. And the the Germans are like, well, if you give your tanks, we'll give some of our tanks. It's it's baloney because they're useless, as we know, the Germans uh, at this mm-hmm. point. But what do we do with this? Because are we even using these tanks at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the maintenance on an Abrams tank is significant, first and foremost. It doesn't take regular diesel fuel, which is what those German Leopards tanks, tanks take and what's you know, in Ukraine right now, take they take jet fuel. They take a different, a whole different petroleum system. Uh, the the mechanics on them are are completely different. You need a different, you know, tooth to tail ratio, so to speak. Uh, so it's just not it's not a video game to just drop in a bunch of Abrams tanks. Now, three hundred plus a, a U.S. armored division's worth of tanks there would clearly tip the balance of favor on the land side to provide shock effects uh, that would allow Ukraine to go on the offense. I'm not sure where they're getting the crews from. I'm not sure. Where they're getting the training from? It, it's it's like it's a it's a you know a space technology type weapon system for the for those someone who's never operated it. It's not lays and blaze. So uh, they they could bring introduce you know the the poles want to give for example those German leopard tanks, but but if you deal in arms, you don't let your people you've sold your your arms to do that because then you you create a whole third market for it. Um, you know, the Germans are really only in NATO and name only now at this point, maybe just on paper. So I, I don't know. I think there's going to be more negotiation and it's classic European. Wait this out to the springtime to see what happens. Speaking of waiting out springtime, talking to my clients here, military analysts, uh, Europe's dodged a bullet. It has been a pretty mild winter by most people's standards over there. And a lot of people say this is also really hurt. Uh, a lot of what I think the Russians were hoping on, which is a horrific winter, and that they would buckle and say, yeah, you can do what you want, just give us our, you know, give us our natural gas and everything we need. That that has been a, a bit of a helper for for Europe uh, and, and, and a herder for Russia. Yeah, but 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 Europe doing this victory lap, saying that they're um, 
you know, independent of Russian fuel right now is, is a little bit of a reach as well. I mean, we're still trying to get, you know, most of this Ukraine military destroyed on the ground there. So, I, you know, whether or not in, in the continues in the long run remains to be seen. Um, we do see there, there have been reports that there um, there has been this excess of Russian fuel on the market now, Russian energy sources that that has hurt it somewhat, but it's still not to the point where they're going to stop their war efforts. Still not enough leverage from the economic statecraft that was supposed to be, you know, part of those sanctions packages back uh, back in February. But but Europe taking a victory lap over that one, I think, is a little bit of a, a bit of a reach. All right, let's talk about something that I don't think a lot of people talk about, but I've heard I've heard from the likes of Ian Bremmer and several others who are you know geopolitical people that said Putin's other issue is. Russia itself, it's very tribal. You've got, what, 11 time zones. Uh, mm -hmm. The thought that if this thing goes south, that Russia, in as we know it, could start to fracture and break off, and, and that could get ugly on the home front. Yeah, we've seen that before, right? Right. We saw the revolution that took place in the 90s, and it, it was peaceful. It, you know, that's where the accountability of the nuclear weapons, for example, was important. Uh, I just never bet on that in history as a course of action. And, and uh, they could be taken over by somebody who could be worse than Vladimir Putin and could mo mobilize completely Russia. And, you know, they have 160 million people. They have four times the population that Ukraine does. They've got 10 times the industrial capacity. I, I've talked to folks there and they, they're telling me about secret weapons factories that have been in existence for 20 years that are really that are starting to crank things out now. And so. So again, I, I don't know if that's a that's a that's kind of the hope is not a method course of action from my perspective. I, I think that um, I think that uh, the next guy could be worse, uh, but uh, it, we just have to see what you know how much more exhausted and pressure that can be put on Vladimir Putin before he recognizes that he maybe might lose the internal strife. And if he if he does lose that battle, then maybe then he'll back off. Uh, so talking to my clients or military analysts, you know, you look at all this stuff and, you, you know, what, what could be worse, the outside or the inside for him? And when you're a person like him and you live and die by the poison, if you will, uh, you're not quite sure what could be worse. But from the outside perspective for us, you, we don't know what's behind him. Uh, maybe somebody comes in and looks around, especially if he's taken out and says, all right, we got to fix this. We can't we can't survive like this. Or maybe they ump the ante and you talk about secret weapons. Is there a point? where they have a secret weapon that does so much damage that we have to say, all right, we need to give them offensive weapons now because defending themselves is one thing, but they're just going to be defending rubble and bodies at this point. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. And and Russia hasn't played the cyber card yet. I mean, they, they haven't turned the lights out yet. They haven't done their whole action has been kinetic. Their whole action has been is turned this into World War One. And I think that's a military analyst where we, you know, other people I talk to say the same thing. Like, why haven't they pulled the trigger on it? Well, it's because they probably don't really have it. They don't have an overpressurization weapon. They don't have something that would cause a significant amount of destruction from the atmosphere, let's say. Um, so so they have to rely on what they know best, and that is the meat grinder and bring it back to bring it back to face to face. And and that's a battle that um, is much diff more difficult on the offense um, the numbers were usually three to one. They'd have to attack in a ratio of three to one. They they probably just about have that, but but because of the support from the West and the accuracy of the artillery fires and the uh, intel that they're getting, um, it's leveled that playing field at least on the ground in the trenches. Uh, what does spring look like? Because we're hearing everything from a million to a million and a half. 
Uh, are we, you know, of, of men they're trying to mobilize? What does that look like? And and how long can Ukraine continue to, quote unquote, defend itself without having some real form of offense to maybe, you know, because you and I, you know this, Mike, you love sports like I love sports. Prevent defense after right. a while doesn't prevent anything. Yeah. No, no, exactly. And uh, and they're going to and vice So to your question, spring looks like this. More stuff is coming. More ammunition is coming right now. Did a quick show the other day on CNN. They're, they're going to run out of ammo in like eight to ten months. The, the Ukraine, if, if no more gets there, and and we're having an industrial issue, whether the industrial military complex can actually keep up. So that's going to be number one. But more other stuff is coming. Striker vehicles, those are these mobile quasi armored uh, operation uh, type vehicles that will allow to move troops and give troops survivability. But I think Europe caves, not not caves. I think Europe decides to send some of those lighter tanks because so, again the m1 tanks heavy you know it, it, it won't necessarily make all over all the bridges there there's obstacles it's a, that, it's a rocket it's a, engine right exactly right it's a it's a helicopter it's a it's a it's a it's a plane engine exactly i mean it, how it's, hard it is that a, when that thing's out there how hard is it michael so it's out there because that's one of the things yeah. i think people don't you know realize is sometimes stuff you could be easily winning a war but your mm. your advancement dies because you can't maintain, you can't keep everything up, you can't keep stuff running. You run out of fuel, run everything. That that's right. what you're saying about that that the the Abrams, right? Like it would just be virtually right. impossible for them to keep up with it. Yeah, that's what's happened in history. It's happened in World War II. It happened to us. It happened. That's kind of where the Battle of the Bulge, you know, starts because. Patent runs out of gas. They they prioritize it. They bring it someplace else. But it, and the and the issue is we have to bring that petroleum to the theater which is going to be another huge logistical um you know mission statement in order to get it there along with the mechanics because when it goes but when it's on i'll tell you there's nothing more deadly in the world than a, than a tank division you know you put 360 those tanks online someplace that could take anything I, I i remember being in first armor division back back in the day just thinking oh my gosh when, when desert storm we could just go right up the road to baghdad and be over before you know it I, it's just there's nothing that can stop that tank there's nothing on the battlefield that can kill that tank russia has nothing that can stop uh an abrams tank now they do have things that could stop the other ones the challengers and, and the leopards and the like but there's nothing that can stop an m1 tank which is why Zelensky wants them. They they recognize they're the ultimate form of survival. That's crazy. It's crazy. Love having you on, man. You keep us uh, abreast of all that's going on. Uh, Mike Lyons, uh, uh, once again, uh, retired uh, major in the Army and, of course, our military analyst. Thanks so much, brother. You have a great weekend. Thanks, Chad. Go New York Giants. Go New York Giants. Go Gigantes. It's going to be interesting. A fun weekend. I'll give you my prediction a little bit later. Appreciate that. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. I don't think, uh, by the way, I don't think it doesn't matter at this point who, if you're not San Francisco, they're 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 the money for the football this year because I just think defense wins championships. But I think the Giants can play strong this weekend. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. If you've got a dog, uh, you're going to want to try this. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. Incredible stuff packed in a little bag that you sprinkle on top of your dog's food and watch what happens. It's going to bring your dog's food to life. It's done that with my dog. My dog Doodle is about 15. So the vet said. Happy, healthy. Yeah, he doesn't see as well as he as he used to, you know. There's no doubt about that. But uh compared to where he was about 4 years ago, the vet's like it's like a different dog. That's what this can do for your dog. And I want you to try it for free. It's not going to cost you a penny outside of you just cover the cost of shipping. 
ruffgreens.com slash chat. Get a free bag today. Don't change anything. When you get the bag, just say, okay, I'm just going to sprinkle on top of my food. They're going to love the taste, and it's going to work. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. Launching his career as a member of the Birds in 1964. Crosby was a triple threat, a legendary voice, fantastic hands on the guitar, and a gifted songwriter. Crosby, Stills, and Nash was formed in 1968. Neil Young joined them just in time for Woodstock. And their first album was a foursome. 1970's Deja Vu went number one. But the guys fought a lot. Crosby, often the instigator. He had a successful solo career, a history of drug and health problems. We asked a few months ago if he was going back on tour. I want to, but I don't think I can. Man. Uh, my hands are going. I, I have tendonitis in both hands. David Crosby was 81. 81. So put that into perspective. Uh, a rock star hippie, probably 97. Uh, so long illness, they said. A long illness uh, that apparently he struggled with. But now sources are saying, could it have been COVID? But he had a lot of problems. I mean, the flu. I mean, this is just let's let's not when people start talking about COVID. What puts you over the line isn't what got you to the line. The line is just that step, right? It's not like, and so that's the people. Oh my god, I cover. It's just so ridiculous. But man, that guy did a lot. He did. Yeah, people are like, oh yeah, I forgot he was in that. He was in that band. I forgot about that. And of course, let's not forget he was a sperm donor. Was it Melissa Etheridge? He gets sperm too. I think that was it. Yes. Good for her. They, them, them, they, they, them. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things that are available. Hey, listen to this. This is insanity right here. I'm just, I don't even know how to, uh, to, uh, I'm just, I'll throw this to you. This is Lori Lightfoot. She's the uh, mayor of uh, New York uh, giving advice on crime apparently during a debate. Heard a lot of rhetoric here, a lot of sound bites, but not a lot of concrete solutions on how we get the job done and make our residents and our workers safe. We're doing it every single day. I think the follow-up is, and your solution is? I just explained it. We have been in Little Village working with those street vendors, understanding what the nature of the crime is, making sure that we're doing things in concert with them to help them uh, 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 make sure that their money is secure, not use money, if at all possible, using um, other forms of transactions to take care of themselves. Ah, Mayor of Chicago there. Best way for you to protect yourself in Little Village is don't use cash. So you're telling me as a small business owner, hot dogs, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, little, 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 you know, cart there for coffee, that the best thing for me is to not to use cash because if, if, you know, 
I could be a target. And rather than say, no, the best thing should be stopping crime and punishing criminals, not telling a law-abiding citizen who is providing a service for somebody that you should take yet again another extra step because we're not going to take that extra step for you. That's your idea. Wow. Insanity. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. If you miss any show, grab the podcast. Uh, and don't miss any show. Second hour will be just as good. That's what Henry VIII said. We might even pick up more of this Lori Lightfoot insanity. Free speech. Got plenty of that. Like I say, miss any of the podcast. Demand more hours on your stations you're listening. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. As we go over the debt cliff, over a million workers yesterday in France decided that we will go on strike because they are asking us to work to 64 instead of 62 before retirement. And now we will not do that. Cannot believe uh, that. And the full pension, they want 43 years of work before you get full pension instead of 42. (laughs) Why? Well, because they're going broke. (laughs) Oh, that's right. When you give out all kinds of stuff, people are pissed. They want an overhaul in their pension because they would like to try to get the the system to a near break even. It matters here because we're going over the cliff as well. And while it's unfortunate that the people that are screaming the loudest about this, which is usually Republicans, and it's usually, you know, all those guys are idiots and fools. Some of them in this case, uh, you know, they're uh, attention worse. I'll just say it right there. And they're more interested in their 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 YouTube and their Twitter and their their Instagram and followers and likes and tweets and and stuff, but we're in a position where we got some serious issues. We got to figure it out sooner rather than later, because we're running out of you know places to borrow from. Our kids, 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 college funds have been cashed out. We've cashed out the life insurance. We've taken a second on top of our second on top of our second in our homes. We no longer have a four hundred one k. And we've extended our credit cards to the max, and it's still not enough, but we can get this card over here to cover it. But once it's covered, the question is, then what? And that's the fight that's going to happen. Then what? Well, then we need to rein in spending. But nobody ever wants to rein in spending on their time, because that's not good. You rein in spending on your time, oh, that's not good at all. Because that means you're going to be cutting stuff. And cutting stuff means, and, and here's the thing, and this is where the Republicans, you guys go wrong so many times. And how many times do I have to say this? Messaging. Messaging is huge. Messaging. No, we're not. We're redoing 
Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid in a way that it's going to be far more efficient, that we're going to cut the waste. Services aren't going to go down. In fact, when things get settled and things are going better, the reality is services will be better. They'll be more efficient. There may be there, and, and, and with a plan that you roll out with, you could see potentially even more bumps in Social Security. Messaging. You know, the whole defund the police movement was stupid. Why? Messaging. Branding, baby. It's all about branding. It's all about branding. And what's the branding should have been? We're going to reimagine police for the 21st century. We're going to reimagine the police for a modern century. At a modern time that will make it more efficient and safer for police officers, messaging matters. And so does the messenger. And sometimes when you bring certain messengers out there, it goes sideways. And that's one of the issues that the Republicans are going to have with the people who are trying to message right now. Marjorie Taylor Greens, they're going to say she's a nut job, and she has been in the past. I think she's trying to become more of a politician that's a little bit more, but she's done a lot of stuff in the past that makes people go, the Matt Getzes of the world. The Andy Biggs, why? Because they've attached themselves to conspiracy theories, and even if what they're saying is true about the, the debt, right, which it is, but it's hard for people to get past that, messaging. So you also have to send the right messenger. And I don't know if Kevin McCarthy is that person. What I do know, though, is we ran out of money apparently uh, yesterday in theory, which is not really true. We're going to do what we always do, which is figure out how to borrow from something else to pay for this. And we'll kick it down the road again and again and again, as we tend to do. Treasury is going to suspend new investments in two government retiree funds for pensions and health care. They're also going to suspend investments in something called the Government Securities Investment Fund. That's part of a savings plan for federal workers. I do want to note those retirement investments will be restored once the debt ceiling is raised. So we're, we're not really doing anything. We're just paying it later. And nobody's taking that money out right now. The money that's in there will go to the people that are already retired and the people that are paying into and out and continuing to work. It's being taken out of their check and they're covering other things, but they'll make it up when they can borrow more money. It's not like anybody's losing anything. It's a game. It's a shell game. But we're running out of shells. And we better figure this out sooner rather than later. Will we? I would like to think so. But will we do it in a way that is not only bipartisan, is messaged so people don't freak out about it? Because the Republicans are going to be painted as evil and bad. And that's why messaging is important. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, if you missed any of the show last hour, make sure you grab it. Uh, Mike Lyons was on talking about Ukraine, and it was very interesting talking about could Russia break up, a lot of other things. But one of the things we did talk about was uh, uh, the the mayor and wants to be mayor again, Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, talking about, well, you know, issues in Chicago. And I want you to listen to this answer. They're talking about crime. I think it was in Little Village. So I don't know if you're aware of this. Blue cities have crime problems. And that is with you got to take into effect that they don't prosecute crime and arrest people. 
And I'll, and I'll talk about that in a second. So when you hear people go, uh, well, red cities and states have worse crime numbers. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. But listen to her, listen to her at the end when she talks about, you know, how they can solve some of the robbery problems. Heard a lot of rhetoric here, a lot of sound bites, but not a lot of concrete solutions on how we get the job done and make our residents and our workers safe. We're doing it you every single it? day. I think the follow-up is, and your solution is? I just explained it. We have been in Little Village working with those street vendors, understanding what the nature of the crime is, making sure that we're doing things in concert with them. Okay, okay so you're doing stuff in concert with the people in Little Village. The, the street vendors, because that's a lot of what they're talking about. The street vendors and the people on the street are like, hey, we're getting robbed all the time. We're sick and tired of this. We're getting robbed all the time. People are coming up, taking our stuff. It's happening. All right. So street vendors, the average person that's down there buying a, a hot dog, coffee, whatever it is, uh, continue. To help them uh, uh, make sure that their money is secure, not use money. Excuse me? What? Not use money. Not? You mean cash? You don't want me to use cash? Your solution for somebody robbing me is don't have cash? Not let's stop them? Let's rest them when they do? Let's prosecute them? Let's put the penalty out there and show that we're a city that is willing to, to, to enforce the law? No, your solution is? Not use money. Not use money. Wow. And it made me think. So my sister, who I come back from Europe, and uh, I did a. I just remember I had I haven't seen my sister in a while, and you know my mom. We're not a close family. I was joke about uh, that. They didn't tell me how bad my sister had gotten, and she had fallen into real bad way of drugs and stuff, and. You know, off and on, you go over there and visit. And I would just remember, you know, I would be like, hey, mom, I set my wallet down and, and all my money's missing. And she would say, well, you know, Amber, can't do that around here. And I'm thinking that is not. No, no, no. That's that is not the answer. And by the way, I set it down in the room that I'm staying in. Not I laid it all out there with cash, which it shouldn't matter. Go to my house, put all the cash out there and just leave it there. You know what I'm not going to do? Take it. Nobody else in my house is going to take it. And I shouldn't be demonized, nor should anybody else, because they carry cash. That is the dumbest thing. And you wonder why people get pissed. Little update. Our good bud, uh, our good, the, the hose monster himself, Collier Gwynn, the guy who hosed down the, the, the lady, not with a fire hose, the homeless lady in front of his, in front of his house. Well, come to find out, you know, they arrested him because he's evil and bad. And as I said, flip, flip, flip the script. If it was a naked man who was screaming and yelling and spitting on a woman which is now apparently coming out that she was up and down the street spitting on everybody and doing other things. She had flipped the trash cans over and defecated in front of the place. So all of that being said, uh, now that you hear that, you're like, well, hold on, that's not right. But if you flipped it and said, well, it was a woman that squirted a man, well, that's a different thing. Yeah. We've got to stop this touchy-feely BS. We have to get serious about something. In this country and some things. And one of those is stuff like this. Well, don't carry cash and you won't get mugged. How do you know? Now I just got mugged and I didn't have anything to give somebody. Now they're pissed. 
Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I was talking to my uncle yesterday, and my aunt, she was at the gas station. You guys will appreciate this. Guy comes up in a wheelchair and goes to her, hey, uh, give me some money. And she's like, I don't have any cash. She goes, but I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I'm in a wheelchair. Well, you being in a wheelchair doesn't change the fact that I don't have any cash. And secondly, if I gave you cash, do you walk again? Just insanity. And we're just all supposed to take it. And that's what happens. And for those of you out there say, you know, because I get all the time, you know, red states are more. Here's the difference between red states and blue states. And, and when it comes to stuff like this, and this is important. Crime statistics are based on we caught somebody and we're going to arrest them, prosecute them things. Incident reports are the things you need to look at. So when you have this city has X amount of arrests, that's more than this blue state. of Well, if you're not prosecuting crime over here and you've got 5,000 phone calls over here with zero arrests and over here you have 400 phone calls with 200 arrests, which one has more incidents? Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Exactly. We heard that guy said, I called the police 25 times. Nobody came. That's an incident report. Exactly. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Raycon, best earbuds around when you're listening to the Chad Benson Show a podcast. Do it with Raycons. Credible everyday earbuds. Several sound modes. Awareness mode. Playing a little golf tomorrow. I have my awareness mode because I like to hear me hit the ball. Also like to listen to some music. Might be playing when the game's going on, so I'll be watching a little bit of that. And make sure I have my earbuds. It's great. But when I'm working out hardcore and I just want to isolate because I'm doing something, boom, I can do that. They don't fall out. They fit perfectly. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life, and you will just love the fit, the sound, and the price. Well under 100 bucks, and I'm going to save you an extra 15% right now. Get your everyday earbuds from Raycons. They don't budge. They sound amazing. They fit like nothing you've ever fit. It's almost like they just snap in your ears, and you won't feel them. It is awesome. Save an extra 15%. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, No. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. What's trending? What's trending? Let's talk about it. What's trending? A little Friday feeling. Oh, yeah, baby. Trending big time. Google. Laying off a bunch of folks. The worry of Google. Chat GPT is going to be the it thing for the way that Google's dominance of search engine is really having issues right now. 
because TikTok and YouTube have become challengers to their search engine world. And now they're worried ChatGTP may push them out of that number one go-to for everything. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I know, right? Like, super crazy. Head on over to the magical world of Google. (laughs) It's just regular stuff. David Crosby yesterday dying, 81 years old. Alec Baldwin, charges filed against him. Involuntary manslaughter. Faces up to five years in prison for the shooting, uh, an accidental shooting for the movie Rust, that a cowboy movie he was doing. I just, yeah, again, I, uh, I, he's guilty of being a doof, douchebag, but, and a blowhard, but can't we all be that way every once in a while? <laughs> I mean, not to the, not to the extent that he does, but outside of that, you know, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be really tough for them uh, to, to get, an actual conviction. But you never know. You never, ever, ever know. Scream, the movie trailer debuted. I watched it this morning, actually. It is a different take on Scream. Uh, very much a different take on Scream. Very interested. This one seems, uh, they said it's a whole new retelling of it. And we'll see. We'll see. Why do they keep doing those movies? I don't know. You make $150 million and it costs you $30 million to make with, budge- with the budget the way it is and everything. Eh, it's why you keep doing stuff like that. And the other thing trending, and we're going to get to it in a little bit. NHL player the other night, uh, Ivan uh, Provodov, didn't wear the pride jersey, warm-up jersey, citing religious reasons. And for that, he, of course, is the devil, and he's evil, and he's hateful. And the cult that is the Alphabet Army has come for him but is it really them that's the interesting thing we'll talk about that and uh, a lot of other stuff get to some of your text and tweets as well 323-538-2423 Chad Benson Show Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Better do what I say, support what I support, or else you will pay the price for it. Hockey player. You know hockey. You guys know what hockey is? It's this game that gets kids get together and smash into each other. I'm just kidding. I love hockey. Uh, Philadelphia, the other night. Wanted to get to it yesterday, didn't have a chance to it, but that's good because there's more insanity and reaction of, of Cuckoo for Coconut. And that's going on. So. They wanted to wear, you know, it was Pride Night. They were going to wear rainbow numbers during their and the jerseys during Warner. One of their defenders, 
uh, said, no, I'm not. He's a Greek Orthodox uh, Russian. And uh, he decided, no, I'm not going to. This is my religious belief. This is my belief. This is my system of my belief. He didn't come out and say, I hate gays, string them up, shoot them, deny them anything. He said, my belief is this. And so I'm not going to participate in the warm-ups. I'll play the game. And, of course, you cannot do that. So Ivan uh, Provorov, uh, you know, people have lost their mind because we live in a world of touch and feel. We live in the world of, you know what? Yes, freedom of speech means the freedom of whatever I want you to like. Or else you shouldn't have your own thoughts or belief systems. And it's ridiculous. He was asked about it. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. His coach. He's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. And it's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. Uh, and so that's, that's where we're at with that. Yeah. As you should be, right? If this was somebody who was a Muslim, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, take away the hockey. But just think of 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 somebody who's who's a Muslim, and we're wearing these things uh, here at uh, you know in the Premier League, and nah, I don't want to. They want to wear that. People, this is where the intersectionality of wokeness and insanity comes in, because then all of a sudden the hierarchy of insanity comes in because they don't know what to do. It's like throwing a chameleon on a on a plaid uh, jacket. It's so confused it might explode. And everybody's saying, uh, John uh, Tortella, who's the coach there, well, you said you wouldn't play anybody if they took a knee for the anthem. Uh, well, that was because you're playing it like an Olympics. So part of the whole thing is, uh, still, it doesn't matter, it's free speech. Okay, but culture, religion, you can't have any of those things. This is some douche canoe named Sid Sexero? Sexaria? I don't know. Sex, maybe I'm getting that right? We'll find out. Just listen to the dribble that comes out of this asshat's mouth. I, I just think the NHL has to do something here. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless, unless you don't agree with gay rights is not the phrasing of this. First of all, hockey's for everyone as long as you agree with what I agree with. What if they said it was Christian night and everybody had to wear a cross on their jersey? And somebody said, I don't want to wear a cross. What would we say at that point? Or it was Judaism night or, you know, uh, it was Muslim night and everybody had to. Well, I'm, I'm asking the question for a friend. Continue, douche canoe. You're either in this or you're not. And one last point. Nothing scares me more than any human being who says I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked at people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw. And I have seen that a million times in a lot of different ways. So don't, don't give me that. With respect. Don't give me that. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. With respect. Because you're a, you, you don't even have the balls to say, I don't respect your belief. With respect. I respect your beliefs that you're a horrible person. But that, that, that is with respect. You clown. A. Eh? You clown. That is a clown-like thing you're doing there. Don't give me that, because no one's perfect. 
All right. Don't tell me. Don't don't feed me the religious beliefs line. And all of a sudden, the NHL is going to back off this. The National Hockey League today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights because because that is insulting. They're trying to get woke in the NHL. It's not working, but they're trying. How is it insulting? What's insulting is you want to have your belief. You want to have your viewpoint and for somebody to have a viewpoint that juxtaposes yours based on a conviction that they have and a belief that they have, you now are saying, well, my viewpoint is superior to yours. Yours is based strictly on hate, even though you've shown none of that, have said none of that. So therefore, I should be allowed to hate you in a morally superior way, and he wasn't the only one. Listen to some of this insanity. So uh, this is the Philadelphia Inquirer, and uh, Marcus Hayes wrote this, and he goes off about, so it goes, let's not complicate the issue. Provorov refused to warm up Tuesday night against the Anaheim Ducks because he does not support the rights of LGBTQ plus people to even exist. Where did that come from? He cites his devotion to the Russian Orthodox Church. In his eyes, their life is a sin. Okay, that's a belief. By the way, sleeping with other women, doing drugs, all of those things are sins in most religions. But we continue. Uh, the patriarchic uh, Krill, we've talked about him. He's the church leader over there who Putin had to go to to get help from when he first started, is a reportedly, wink, wink, a former KGB agent, okay, who justified the invasion of Ukraine that allows gay pride parades. So this is all about this. Do you see what the, the insanity of this? This homophobia is at its most extreme. If you subscribe to this belief, you're a homophobe. A little rainbow tape on Provorov's stick wasn't going to send him to hell. This went from a guy's taking a stance. If it was a Muslim, what would this guy say? If this was a person who was a Muslim, who was playing for the Philadelphia Union soccer team and says, you know what, I'm not going to do that based on my religious beliefs. What would you say at that point? You went so far, you lunatic, to start talking about the fact that he supports the Ukrainian invasion based on the fact that he has a belief of religion that tied to a guy that's, and we've talked about that Kirill guy over there in, in, in Russia and what he did for Putin to get started. I'm not going to rehash that. But that is, are you absolutely out of your blanking mind? Are you out of your mind? Yes, because you're sucked into a cult that you can't escape and it's touchy-feely and you want nothing to do with anybody else's belief system, period. Case closed. In particular, anybody who has a Christian belief system, that they're automatically evil, homophobic, all of the things that you want to, because you don't like a viewpoint that goes away and juxtapose any of your viewpoints so therefore they should be benched they should be canceled they should be that is such ass hattery and childish
You talk about the fact that he says they don't, he doesn't want them to exist. Where did you get that? Is he running around saying that? Is he running around saying that? He went on to say this about the guy. Why do you still believe that sexual orientation and gender identity is a choice? Because of the largest study in the history of the world. Do you also believe that Earth is flat? That dinosaurs didn't exist? Do you respect Vladimir Putin's choice to attack a neighbor and kill 7,000 plus civilians a day? Those are the questions. That, that is the insanity of, 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 of the activism and the lunacy. So you better respect, support, and champion all that I do or else you're in trouble. Piss off, eh? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Swish America, baby. How would you like this? Right now, inflation, gold. is a chance this thing's going to take off. Protect yourself. In ways that you maybe not have thought before. Gold. How about this? Gold and silver. Silver walking Liberty half dollars are amazingly low prices right now for my listeners. $12.50 each. Delivered right to you. $12.50 each. That is awesome. They've got tons of different coins, but these are just $12.50 each. That is amazing. Just for my listeners. Delivered right to your door. Limit 250 per customer. It's a great way to protect yourself with gold and silver looking like you to take a jump, especially with where things are going inflation-wise. I want you to call them or text the number 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646, or go to SwissAmerica.com slash chat. Text that number right now, number right now 800-289-2646, or visit SwissAmerica.com slash chat, SwissAmerica.com slash chat. $12.50 each delivered right to you. The Liberty... Uh, silver walking half dollars right now. Go check it out. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Every time I hear that, I see that robot dancing. Fox, NFL, big weekend, divisional weekend. Everybody's at it now. Teams who had bye weeks last week, the Eggles and the Chefs, they're at it again. I don't think they're called that. Uh, at it again this weekend. Big, huge games. We're down to the final eight. The quarterfinals, the Elite Eight of the Niffle. Game one, tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. If you would have told me these two would have been at it, I would have said one should be here. There's no way the other one's going to be here, but it's happening in Kansas City, home of barbecue that is delicious and sweet. The Jaguars take on the Chiefs. Ooh, Chiefs will win that game. Jags will make it close. Tomorrow night, the Eagles at home against Gigantes, the Giants of New York City. Eagles win that game, start off a little rusty. Giants keep it close. Eventually, Eagles pull away. Then we move to Sunday, baby. Arguably, I think the best game of the weekend, either of these two teams could potentially win the Super Bowl. One had a great chance of being in the Super Bowl last year in the Bills. 
uh, lost to the Chiefs, and now they've got that new rule change in the NFL. If you guys don't know what happened, that game last year between the 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 Bills and uh, the Chiefs at Arrowhead was incredible, and they changed the rule in overtime because they it used to be well okay if you score a touchdown the game's over right you can't just kick a field goal because the other team's got to possess the ball at least once well the rule changed after that game where they're like you know what in overtime in the playoffs each team should have a shot at getting the ball no matter what happens and so you've got a rematch between uh, i mean you've got the Bengals and the Bills and the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year and the Bengals went the following week and then beat the Chiefs at home uh this weekend Bengals, Bills. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Really? No, I'm kidding. I'm going with the Bills. Bills at home. Uh, I think you're going to hear frustration because I think the Bengals are going to be pissed because they didn't have a chance to beat the Bills. That Monday night game, as horrible as it was with DeMar Hamlin, this is where, oh, that game to get played, kind of issues come in, but it's going to be a great game. And then the evening or afternoon game on Sunday, the late afternoon game, 49ers and Cowboys. Cowboys talking. 49ers get it done because the 49ers do something. They get to the quarterback. Defense wins championships, and baby, their defense right now is the best in the NFL. They're going to get at Dak Prescott. They're going to stop the run, and then Brock Purdy and the legend will continue. You do realize if they go to the Super Bowl and win it, the 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, the man they call Mr. Irrelevant because he was the last pick in the NFL draft, will have won a Super Bowl before he lost a game. Think about that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Are you rage applying? What is that? Again, for that promotion, I just rage applied to like 30 different roles and was able to land one that pays $35,000 more. Rage applied. Yeah, you ticked me off. And honestly, it was a kick I needed to start looking for much better jobs. And thank God I found So it. it's what? Another quiet quitting thing? Yeah, the rage applied. Media is making it out to be some thing, but really it's just finding a better job, which is something that we all should be doing. All right. What if I give you a 10K bump? Huh? How's that? Yeah, I, uh, I don't think so, boss. Yeah. Rage applying is all the new rage, apparently. So what is that? You get passed over for something. It's you're not quiet quitting where you're just doing barely enough or you're slowly looking for another gig. And if something lands in your lap, you'll 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 go for it. Right. Uh, No, no. Rage applying is 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 something totally different. This is where potential employees are really, really frustrated over. You know, they may not have got the job they wanted. They may got the compensation they wanted and this means rapidly applying for a number of jobs and they're saying if you believe it within a day a week not only are they getting a new job they're getting a hefty raise Mm -hmm. and so they're saying to people if you don't like your employer get out yeah it's very interesting so if you don't like your employer so this is not like oh you know i could take this job or leave this job this is yeah, you, you pissed me off. So I'm going to go back to my desk, and for the next umpteen hours and days, I'm going to do the bare minimum, and I am going to be a looking for a new gig until I find one because I'm pissed at you and I'm angry at you. So now instead of passively looking, I am doing it, and I'm doing it out of spite, apparently. Ooh. And I rage applied to like 15 jobs. And then I got a job that 
gave me a $25,000 raise. And uh, it's a great place to work. So keep Rage Apply. She's so fun. Oh my god. Uh, you know, I think you owe your employer maybe a conversation. You know, you could you could find a job, get it right once, but it is a red flag to future employers if you just are a serial hopper. No, not anymore. You know what? My generation, my, my mom used to say all the time, you know, if people see a lot of stuff on your resume, they're not going to. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's true, mom. Now it's not. Now it's, yeah, I got a better offer across the street. I got a better offer. My mother, I'll just say this. My mother, I believe today's her last day of work for the company that she's been working with since between her 10th and 11th grade. She took some time off. Uh, She worked part-time, but my mother is 71 years old, 72. She's been with this company since high school. But she's always like, if they got too many things, not anymore. Now it's a different generation where, you know, people, the employers expect you at this point in time. You, you don't really like them. And at times you got this younger generations that think they're the enemy. And on the other side of things, uh, they expect you if, you, if you think we're the enemy, we're going to treat you like a Pez, right? You know, you know, uh, up comes another one, up comes another. And it's, it's sad. So rage applying is all the new rage. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Miss any of the podcasts. Grab it where good podcasts are available. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. There's so many stories today that we've been talking. You know, I try to squeeze in as much as possible. I try to entertain and infotain, if you will. Uh, and sometimes we just can't get to all of the stories that uh, that we think are, are, are pertinent to today's world. And then sometimes we get to everything we possibly can. And sometimes we just mash everything up into one craziness. How about lying? Who said what? Was it Biden? Was it Santos? Shall we talk? Let's do it. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. I was in the foot, him- uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class. I was appointed to the academy. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star. And you had a guy named Starback and Bellino here. So I went to Delaware. Back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees. I am a hard coal miner. Not a joke. I got a commercial license. I used to drive a tractor trailer. I was involved in the civil rights movement. I used to be a lifeguard. The only lifeguard in the project. Corn Pop was a bad dude. He was way better than three guys in straight racers. Not a joke. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's 
why I'm so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. Inside the dream zone where I've been seven times and shot at. God's truth, I've traveled over a million two hundred fifty thousand miles on that. I've spoken before parliaments, kings, queens, leaders of the world. I may be a practicing Catholic. I used to go to 730 mass before I went to the black church. Joey, baby. Not a joke. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. True story. They think I'm kidding, man. I just played that because I thought it was funny, you know, because yesterday I was talking to several people because they said, oh, you, you know, you the, he goes, it, Chad, look, Santos is awful, but but he's on our team. It's not about that. It, it, it's about you got to hold your own accountable. And we've just stopped doing that. You do realize all that stuff that, that was has been played is much older from Biden. And that much older stuff from Biden that's been played that was him running for president and doing things years ago when people really did call everybody on their BS. I mean, go look at why he lost uh, or or had to drop out of some races. One time he was he was accused of plagiarism, which uh, he he was telling stories that other people told. And uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. And what ended up happening is, is on several occasions, he had credited somebody with the story, uh, who it was, and a couple times he didn't. But they got, the, the, the point is, they went after him and said, ah, I like what you did here. We don't even do that anymore. And yesterday, it's so many of you people, oh my God, you guys, you know, Santos is horrible. He, you, you only care about the, in fact, it could be a giant R that showed up, which may be better. <laughs> Then the drag queen who was wanted for fraud, who stole a bunch of people's clothes. That's the other thing I love watching when they talk about Santos. Or they'll bring in his old roommate. It's like, <laughs> that guy was on TV there. And he's like, I just want my scarf back. <laughs> it could be a giant R that showed up. That's all that you care about. It's my team, your team. It's, yeah, we got to stop that. It needs to be, we're putting the best people forward. And that doesn't always happen. We know that, kids. That doesn't always happen. But I thought that was brilliant. Anthony put that together, and just it was hilarious because, man, the lies that people, that these politicians tell. And it's one thing. And let's 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 distinguish between somebody who's full of crap, politician A, who's going to tell you that we're going to fix the world. And they're like, yay, knowing full well you're not fixing the world the way that you want. Or somebody who just spins yarns about baloney. <laughs> but the one thing, I don't think Biden might have stole some documents, but uh, excuse me, filed them in the wrong place. But uh, I, I don't think he... <laughs> I don't think he stole anybody's clothes. Speaking of documents, that's another thing. Why aren't you on this harder, Chad? Why aren't you on this harder? Because nothing's going to come out of it. It isn't. He's hell. He's getting annoyed. We're all annoyed. We're all annoyed that a time when debt is through the roof, that we're getting ready to have a showdown that might actually come to something. As I explained yesterday about the whole debt ceiling thing, uh, that he, I'm annoyed with this. You should be annoyed. More and more people are telling the president, you're going to have to listen to these guys when they talk about the debt ceiling. This is not your great-grandmothers, mothers and fathers, even lasting memories of just a few years ago, debt ceiling crisis where everybody knows it's going to get done and nobody's going to hold the line. This is different. 
This is a different situation here. The White House, though? The White House says its position has not changed. It will not negotiate on the debt ceiling. Principal Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton on Air Force One Thursday. Congress should act without delay uh, and, again, raise the debt ceiling without uh, conditions. Dalton said Americans have every right to expect that Congress will come together, as it has done dozens of times before in bipartisan fashion, to raise the debt ceiling. To make sure that we keep the the economy on a uh, stable path. Yeah. But, and we do need to raise it, and that's unfortunate. But like everything else, we're doing this. What are we doing to say this isn't going to happen in the future? That's what the the some of the loonies on 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 and I'm and I say that because again Andy Biggs and I liked Andy. Andy and I we, we were friends. We we went out and did a bunch of immigration stuff. We've been down the border a few times. Uh, somewhere along the line, he became more interested in being a celebrity. But he was one of those consistently hawks on the deficit and the debt. The Matt Gates of the world and a lot of these other people. What what's the what's the thing to me that's going to get me the most views, clicks? That's I. That's just the way I feel. He said some outlandish stuff. A lot of stuff's attributed to him that shouldn't be. Uh, and if you want to, if you if you like, look, having spent time with them, <laughs> it, it's different. But if you listen to him in a setting that is not CNN based, and again, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Gates. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of any politician, nor should you be. It, Tim Poole had him on the other day. You listen to him, you're like, well, that, that's not the guy we hear on TV. No, not everything he says is baloney. But so much of what they do is based on them rather than the people. And that's the frustration we're going to have moving forward with politicians. I mean, and that should piss us all off. A celebrity, and I joked about that. Four years ago, five years ago, I used that word celebrity when AOC came out because they turned her into a celebrity. And she was ripe for the, you know, for the, I mean, it was, it was ripe for the pickings, the, the, the perfect opportunity that was racist, shut up, for the perfect opportunity for, it was like that, that, that you've got somebody who is, is, his, is good looking and she's charismatic and she, she's bouncy and she's, and she's, she's, look, you don't have to like her politics. She gets politics. And it was almost like they, like a lot of these people now, you go to central casting and there was Sandy Cortez and boom, we got AOC. And the celebrity was born in ways we had never thought. Then Trump came along and Twitter and celebrities and and now it's grown and people just grifting off of, of, of them it, it, just to get whatever you could. That's the scary side of things. When the re, when when in in the world that we live in now, we should be focused on real stuff, but we're not because it's not fun. And that's on us. That's an us thing, right? You and me, uh, a lot of people, we look at things that are shiny. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, shiny things. We... we the dull stuff doesn't get you excited, right? The dull stuff doesn't uh, the, go back to the reality television side of stuff. <laughs> Real Housewives of Orange County works because beautiful women with fake bosoms throwing food at each other at a restaurant and then tearing each other's hair and ripping uh, each other apart is more exciting than two people sitting there having a normal conversation about their kids in life.
Which one are you going to look at? The car wreck. So with this being said, look at the debt. Look at the reality of how much money we spend that nobody as a person, you, I, anybody else, could live like this and hope that we continually get to vote ourselves a higher credit card bill or a credit card limit every month. If, for instance, you couldn't pay your household bills, what would you do? You'd have to take money from somewhere, maybe a a college fund or emergency savings to pay the rent or keep the lights on, literally. Uh, You know, on on a much larger scale, that's what the government has to do right now. But eventually, we're not going to have a college fund, and we're not going to have access to a credit card, and we're going to have siphoned all of our 401k, and the paycheck we get has been spent, and there's the issue. So what do we do? Well, if we have access to some of those, the goal should be take some of that, cut back, slowly but surely Dave Ramsey it, and get ourselves on a footing where our expenditures... Right. So our expenditures, meaning uh, the stuff that we're spending, is not outracing what we're bringing in. But until we no longer have access, which maybe sooner rather than later, this will be an issue. But as long as we have celebrities and people are more interested in likes, tweets, retweets, followers, it's hard to tell how real this will be and how long it will last and what the end game is for real. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Speaking of the end game, uh, Mike Lyons, our military analyst, is going to join us. Crazy stuff going on in Ukraine. Our Washington, uh, not the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal op-ed. It's basically, I'm going to summarize it here. Uh, keep it, Keep it really quick. Give them what they need, get this done, or else. Several other, uh, even liberal outlets are saying, you know, this could get a lot worse if we don't get them what they need to beat the Russians, because if the Russians were somehow to pull this off, the likelihood of a nuclear weapon being used somewhere down the line grows exponentially. We'll talk to Mike Lyons straight ahead about that. Rough Greens, ruffgreens.com slash chad. A good buddy of mine uh, had to put his dog down the other day. And his dog lived quite a long time. And uh, my dog, Doodle, is 15. Doodle shouldn't have made it past 12. Three plus years of happiness, health, wackiness. And I know he's not going to be around forever. But I know right now, as the vet said, look, he's got some trouble seeing, as any dog at 15 would have, uh, but he's eating, he's healthier than he's been, he's lighter than he's been. I don't know what you're doing. I said Rough Greens. It's that supplement with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. We just give it to him in his bowl. They go, keep it up and keep keeping it up. And that's what we're going to continue to do. Try it now for your dog. I'm telling you right now, if you love your dogs, even your dogs are younger, we'll give it to our younger dogs. You watch the difference, the energy, the happiness. It's great with their breath, their teeth, their, their, their digestive, but it's also great for joint pain. It's just been amazing. It's a free bag. You cover the cost of shipping. That's all they ask. RUFFgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Get a free bag now. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Alec Baldwin charged. We talk about that straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. 
You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. How did you come to this prosecutive decision? Well, along with my special prosecutor, uh, we got the report from the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office. We initiated an extensive review of that, and I will say that it was a it was a well-investigated case. Uh, but we had some follow-up that we had to do, had to speak with some experts. And once we read through everything and, and researched the case law and the law here in New Mexico, we realized that we believed that there was probable cause to charge uh, Alec Ball and Hannah Gutierrez-Reed with involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say this. Uh, he's guilty of being a douchebag, but I think he's guilty of this. But he is the producer of the show or the movie. And we could look, I'll say I'm not speaking for him. I know he said I never pulled the trigger, but there is no doubt in anybody's mind. They would all love to go back to that day and change the events. They would all love to do that. They can't. And. You know, was he playing with the gun? Uh, the armory lady is the issue I find here. And that's part of the other problem is. And that's why he, I think, has been dragging this more wasted one because people were worried about safety prior to this. I think this is with the second or third armor they had. It was like, you know, my buddy, his first job working in the movie industry. And uh, Ray Ray, I love you, brother. Ray Ray was working as a loader. And it was like an internship on a film. Uh, I think it was Leprechaun 2 he was on. Or maybe it was Leprechaun. And so he was a loader. So that's where you load the film and stuff. You got to go in the room the way they The guy that was the head loader. He had another gig. He was only supposed to be on the stake for six weeks. It ran over. And they looked at, he goes, well, this guy's been doing it. And they're like, all right, you're the new loader, kind of. That's how he got his gig. Like, so he was interning, and now I'm loading the movie for a film. That's kind of what happened with the armorer here. And that's a lot of the issue is people didn't feel safe. They were actually out shooting the guns. Prior days before with real bullets, it's the desert, it's it's New Mexico, but people just didn't feel safe in certain situations. And the question is, you know, you know, is it his responsibility? Would he even know whether or not it's a live round or not? Those questions need to be asked. And then the other side of it is what kind of trouble could he be in? One where there's basically just negligence on his part. That involuntary manslaughter charge is one where. Baldwin could face up to 18 months in Mm -hmm. prison. But there's a more significant involuntary manslaughter charge that they've also said they're going to move forward with. They basically thrown in what's called a firearm enhancement. And for that one, you've got the possibility of a mandatory five year sentence. I don't think he's going to do five years. I don't think he's going to do 18 months. I don't even know if he'll do any time, nor should he. Uh, The money that's going to come out of this is going to be huge, as it should be for the family. But it it was a tragedy. We'll see what happens. Is this a feather in the cap for the DA and for for this office? It's another question to be asked. Uh, But we'll see. But it's very interesting. Get guilty of douchebaggery. Do I think he did this in, in, in playing around like this in such malice? I do not. But we'll find out. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not going to be on that jury. 323-538-2423. Mike Lyons joins us next. Let's talk about Ukraine and Russia. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show.
independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is not a moment to slow down. It's a time to dig deeper. The Ukrainian people are watching us. The Kremlin is watching us. And history is watching us. Yeah, they are. Lord Austin right there talking about uh, whether or not we should slow down. Should we jump more into it? What can we do? Joining us now is the man who's been with us uh, pre this insanity in the Ukraine, uh, retired uh, major in the Army, and of course our military analyst, Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, again, there's so many things. I saw op-eds and everything from Vanity Fair to the Wall Street Journal to the New York Times that this might be the time that we kind of push our chips in and our allies do the same because uh, there, there's a fear that if we don't, uh, we may let this get away from us, that there's this could get uglier on the other side, and that may include dragging us in further afterwards. Well, Chad, I think the Pentagon is still resisting that. I think that the the Pentagon is still not assured that the Russian conventional forces, for example, are defeated enough that sending the offensive weapons in, because that's really what this means, sending offensive weapons in would actually make a difference. You know, I heard that comment there by Lloyd Austin, but if you look at his Twitter feed, his Twitter feed says, uh, we're proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with our partners to support Ukraine's self-defense. And, and that's the kind of equipment we've been sending right now. So while we say kind of one thing, we still are doing all we can to, for Ukraine to defend themselves. Um, but if you tip the balance over to the offensive weapons, if you send in the tanks, if you send in uh, aircraft, uh, more Patriot batteries, uh, long range weapon systems, then that's going to really escalate things on the other side. And I don't think the Pentagon thinks that the Russian army's destroyed just enough yet. You know, why is it that, uh, and I get it, the nuclear weapon side of it, and we're, you know, I mean, there's argument being made now by several that, hey, if he takes over Ukraine, the the chances of us going potentially and having a nuclear conflict is greater than if he loses. And it, again, the offensive weapon side of it is what you're talking about. They're defending themselves. Are we hoping still that they're going to punch themselves out? Are we thinking that's the, the end goal in this? Yeah, we're thinking that that uh, Russia will exhaust itself and the fact that, that they recognize that they can't gain any more ground than they've already gained. If they wanted to declare victory right now, it actually would be pretty good. They've got about 20 percent of what was formerly Ukraine. They still have Crimea. Now, they've flattened a lot of the areas and it's going to take generations likely to build up some of the spots. Um, but but they have um, some some pretty good gains that that from but from their perspective, it's not enough and they want more. And from Ukraine's perspective, they want that back, but they don't have the means to do it either. So the question is, does Russia become exhausted? And I don't know, you go back about a thousand years in history. They just don't it's not in their DNA to get exhausted. Their DNA is to just keep finding stuff behind the Ural Mountains and keep bringing it forward for stuff that was manufactured. Who, who knows, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Talking to Mike Lyons, the uh, military analyst, been with us uh, really since day one of this thing, long even before that, as they were starting to build up. You know, Mike, you talk about the offensive side of stuff. They, you know, the debate between, okay, you know, first of all, we've got the useless Germans who are promising but never deliver. Uh, the Poles have done a lot of stuff. We've done stuff. Now everybody wants tanks, and that and that 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 Abrams tank is what a lot of people want. 
And we're very reluctant. And the the Germans are like, well, if you give your tanks, we'll give some of our tanks. It's it's baloney because they're useless, as we know, the Germans uh, at this mm-hmm. point. But what do we do with this? Because are we even using these tanks at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the maintenance on an Abrams tank is significant, first and foremost. It doesn't take regular diesel fuel, which is what those German Leopards tanks, tanks take and what's you know, in Ukraine right now, take they take jet fuel. They take a different, a whole different petroleum system. Uh, the the mechanics on them are are completely different. You need a different, you know, tooth to tail ratio, so to speak. Uh, so it's just not it's not a video game to just drop in a bunch of Abrams tanks. Now, three hundred plus a, a U.S. armored division's worth of tanks there would clearly tip the balance of favor on the land side to provide shock effects uh, that would allow Ukraine to go on the offense. I'm not sure where they're getting the crews from. I'm not sure. Where they're getting the training from it's it's like it's a it's a you know a space technology type weapon system for the for those someone who's never operated it. it's not lays and blaze so uh, they, they could bring introduce you know the, the poles want to give for example those german leopard tanks but but if you deal in arms you don't let your people you've sold your your arms to do that because then you, you create a whole third market for it um you know, the Germans are really only in NATO and name only now at this point, maybe just on paper. So I, I don't know. I think there's going to be more negotiation and it's classic European. Wait this out to the springtime to see what happens. Speaking of waiting out springtime, talking to my clients here, military analysts, uh, Europe's dodged a bullet. It has been a pretty mild winter by most people's standards over there. And a lot of people say this is also really hurt. Uh, a lot of what I think the Russians were hoping on, which is a horrific winter, and that they would buckle and say, yeah, you can do what you want, just give us our, you know, fl- give us our natural gas and everything we need. That, that has been a, a bit of a helper for, for Europe, uh, and, and, and a herder for Russia. Yeah, but, but, but Europe doing this victory lap saying that they're, um, you know, independent of Russian fuel right now is, is a little bit of a reach as well. I mean, we're still trying to get, you know, most of this Ukraine military destroyed on the ground there. So, I, you know, whether or not in, in the continues in the long run remains to be seen. Um, we do see there there have been reports that there um, there has been this excess of Russian fuel on the market now, Russian energy sources that that has hurt it somewhat, but it's still not to the point where they're going to stop their war effort. Still not enough leverage from the economic statecraft that was supposed to be, you know, part of those sanctions packages back, uh, back in February. But, but Europe taking a victory lap over that one, I think is a little bit of a, a bit of a reach. All right. Let's talk about something that I don't think a lot of people talk about, but I've heard, I've heard from the likes of Ian Bremmer and several others who are, you know, geopolitical people that said Putin's other issue is Russia itself. It's very tribal. You've got what? 11 time zones. Uh, the thought that if the thing goes south, that Russia, in as we know it, could start to fracture and break off, and and that could get ugly on the home front. Yeah, we've seen that before, right? Right. We saw the revolution that took place in the '90s, and it it was peaceful. It, you know, that's where the accountability of the nuclear weapons, for example, was important. Uh, I just never bet on that in history as a course of action, and, and uh, they could be taken over by somebody who could be worse than Vladimir Putin, and could mobilize completely Russia. And you know they have 160 million people; they have four times the population that Ukraine does. They've got ten times the industrial capacity. I, I've talked to folks there, and they they're telling me about secret weapons factories that have been in existence for 20 years that are really that are starting to crank things out now. And so. 
so again, I, I don't know if that's a, that's a, that's kind of the hope is not a method course of action from my perspective. I, I think that, um, I think that, uh, the next guy could be worse. Uh, but, uh, it, we just have to see what, you know, how much more exhausted and pressure that can, be, that can be put on Vladimir Putin before he recognizes that he maybe might lose the internal strife. And if he, if he does lose that battle, then maybe then he'll back off. Uh, so talking to Mike Lyons, our military analyst, you know, you look at all this stuff and, you, you know, what, what could be worse, the outside or the inside for him? And when you're a person like him and you live and die by the poison, if you will, uh, you're not quite sure what could be worse. But from the outside perspective for us, you, we don't know what's behind him. Uh, maybe somebody comes in and looks around, especially if he's taken out and says, all right, we got to fix this. We can't we can't survive like this. Or maybe they ump the ante and you talk about secret weapons. Is there a point? Where they have a secret weapon that does so much damage that we have to say, all right, we need to give them offensive weapons now because defending themselves is one thing, but they're just going to be defending rubble and bodies at this point. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. And and Russia hasn't played the cyber card yet. I mean, they, they haven't turned the lights out yet. They haven't done their whole action has been kinetic. Their whole action has been is turned this into World War One. And I think that's a military analyst where we, you know, other people I talk to say the same thing. Like, why haven't they pulled the trigger on it? Well, it's because they probably don't really have it. They don't have an overpressurization weapon. They don't have something that would cause a significant amount of destruction from the atmosphere, let's say. Um, so so they have to rely on what they know best, and that is the meat grinder and bring it back to bring it back to face to face. And and that's a battle that um, is much dif more difficult on the offense um, the numbers were usually three to one. They'd have to attack in a ratio of three to one. They they probably just about have that, but but because of the support from the West and the accuracy of the artillery fires and the uh, intel that they're getting, um, it's leveled that playing field at least on the ground in the trenches. Uh, what does spring look like? Because we're hearing everything from a million to a million and a half. Uh, are we, you know, of, of men they're trying to mobilize? What does that look like? And and how long can Ukraine continue to, quote unquote, defend itself without having some real form of offense to maybe, you know, because you and I, you know this, Mike, you love sports like I love sports. Prevent defense after right. a while doesn't prevent anything. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And uh, and they're going to and vice So to your question, spring looks like this. More stuff is coming. More ammunition is coming right now. Did a quick show the other day on CNN. They're, they're going to run out of ammo in like eight to ten months. The, the Ukraine, if if no more gets there, and and we're having an industrial issue, whether the industrial military complex can actually keep up. So that's going to be number one. But more other stuff is coming. Striker vehicles, those are these mobile quasi armored uh, operation uh, type vehicles that will allow to move troops and give troops survivability. But I think Europe caves, not not caves. I think Europe decides to send some of those lighter tanks. So cause again, the M1 tank's heavy, you know, it, it, it won't necessarily make all over all the bridges there. There's obstacles. It's a, that, it's a rocket it's engine, a, right? Exactly. Right. It's a, it's a helicopter. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a plane engine. Exactly. I mean, it, how it's, hard it is that when that thing's out there, how hard is it? Michael? So it's out there. Cause that's one of the things yeah. I think people don't, you know, realize is sometimes stuff you could be easily winning a war but your mm. your advancement dies because you can't maintain, you can't keep everything up, you can't keep stuff running. You run out of fuel, run everything. That, that's right. what you're saying about that that the the Abrams, right? Like it would just be virtually right. impossible for them to keep up with it. Yeah, that's what's happened in history. It's happened in World War II. It happened to us. It happened. That's kind of why the Battle of the Bulge, you know, starts because 
patent runs out of gas, they they prioritize it, they bring it someplace else. But it, and the and the issue is we have to bring that petroleum to the theater, which is going to be another huge logistical, um, you know, mission statement in order to get it there, along with the mechanics, because when it goes. But when it's on, I'll tell you, there's nothing more deadly in the world. Than a, than a tank division. You know, you put 360 of those tanks online someplace, that could take anything. I I remember being in 1st Armor Division back back in the day, just thinking, oh my gosh, when Desert Storm, we could just go right up the road to Baghdad and be over before you know it. I, it's just, there's nothing that can stop that tank. There's nothing on the battlefield that can kill that tank. Russia has nothing that can stop uh, an Abrams tank. Now, they do have things that could stop the other ones, the Challengers and, and the Leopards and the like, but there's nothing that can stop an M1 tank, which is why... Zelensky wants him. They they recognize they're the ultimate form of survival. That's crazy. It's crazy. Love having you on, man. You keep us uh, abreast of all that's going on. Uh, Mike Lyons, uh, uh, once again, uh, retired uh, major in the Army and, of course, our military analyst. Thanks so much, brother. You have a great weekend. Thanks, Chad. Go New York Giants. Go New York Giants. Go Gigantes. It's going to be interesting. A fun weekend. I'll give you my prediction a little bit later. Appreciate that. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. I don't think, uh, by the way, I don't think it doesn't matter at this point who, if you're not San Francisco, they're 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 the money for the football this year because I just think defense wins championships. But I think the Giants can play strong this weekend. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. If you've got a dog, uh, you're going to want to try this. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. Incredible stuff packed in a little bag that you sprinkle on top of your dog's food and watch what happens. It's going to bring your dog's food to life. It's done that with my dog. My dog Doodle is about 15. So the vet said. Happy, healthy. Yeah, he doesn't see as well as he as he used to, you know. There's no doubt about that. But uh compared to where he was about 4 years ago, the vet's like it's like a different dog. That's what this can do for your dog. And I want you to try it for free. It's not going to cost you a penny outside of you just cover the cost of shipping. RUFFgreens.com slash chat. Get a free bag today. Don't change anything. When you get the bag, just say, okay, I'm just going to sprinkle on top of my food. They're going to love the taste, and it's going to work. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. Launching his career as a member of the Birds in 1964. Crosby was a triple threat, a legendary voice, fantastic hands on the guitar, and a gifted songwriter. Crosby, Stills, and Nash was formed in 1968. Neil Young joined them just in time for Woodstock. And their first album was a foursome. 1970's Deja Vu went number one. But the guys fought a lot. Crosby, often the instigator. He had a successful solo career, a history of drug and health problems. We asked a few months ago if he was going back on tour. I want to, but I don't think I can. And uh, my hands are going. I, I have tendonitis in both hands. David Crosby was 81. 81. So put that into perspective. Uh, a rock star hippie, probably 97. Uh, so long illness, they said. A long illness uh, that 
apparently he struggled with. But now sources are saying, could it have been COVID? But he had a lot of problems. I mean, the flu. I mean, this is just, let's, let's not, when people start talking about COVID, not, what puts you over the line isn't what got you to the line. The line is just that step, right? It's not like, and so that's the people, oh my God, I cover it. It's just so ridiculous. But man, that guy did a lot. He did. Yeah, people are like, oh yeah, I forgot he was in that. He was in that band. I forgot about that. And of course, let's not forget he was a sperm donor. Was it Melissa Etheridge? He got sperm too. I think that was it. Yes. Good for her. They, them, them, they, they, them. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things that are available. Hey, listen to this. This is insanity right here. I'm just, I don't even know how to, uh, to, uh, I'm just, I'll throw this to you. This is Lori Lightfoot. She's the uh, mayor of uh, New York uh, giving advice on crime apparently during a debate. Heard a lot of rhetoric here, a lot of sound bites, but not a lot of concrete solutions on how we get the job done and make our residents and our workers safe. We're doing it every single day. I think the follow-up is, and your solution is? I just explained it. We have been in Little Village working with those street vendors, understanding what the nature of the crime is, making sure that we're doing things in concert with them to help them uh, uh, make sure that their money is secure, not use money, if at all possible, using um, other forms of transactions to take care of themselves. Ah, Mayor of Chicago there. Best way for you to protect yourself in Little Village is don't use cash. So you're telling me as a small business owner, hot dogs, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, little, 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 you know, cart there for coffee, that the best thing for me is to not to use cash because if, if, you know, I could be a target and rather than say, no, the best thing should be stopping crime and punishing criminals, not telling a law abiding citizen who is providing a service for somebody that you should take yet again another extra step because we're not going to take that extra step for you. That's your idea. Wow. Insanity. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. If you miss any show, grab the podcast. Uh, and don't miss any show. Second hour will be just as good. That's what Henry VIII said. We might even pick up more of this Lori Lightfoot insanity. Free speech. Got plenty of that. Like I say, miss any of the podcast. Demand more hours on your stations you're listening. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.